everybody. It's 6.56 p.m. on the East Coast. Turn off the studio studio uh, monitors. All right, 6.56 on the East Coast. And we are live. For those of you who care about being here live, we love you all, of course. And for the great many of you who watch and listen on your own time, hello, whatever time it is, it's exactly the right time. It's exactly what time it needed to be. So I'm glad that you're here. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, a first time get man. I, I hope that we get to bring him back uh, uh, a few more times in the future. But uh, we've got Joel Bauman, um, professional mixed martial artist, musician, philosopher, uh, so much more. We're going to get into that tonight. But uh, he made headlines this year trolling the media in big ways. And uh, it's kind of shaking things up in big ways. And I'm going to just lay a little bit of a groundwork for that. And then we'll take it with him from the beginning. Because a lot of you are hearing and seeing him for the first time tonight. And um, and I want you to I want you to get the, the best representation of who he is. Because it's a, it's a good conversation ahead of us tonight. Talk about the fight for the future of humanity. Raising consciousness and, um, yeah, snuffing out the darkness. It's upon, it's incumbent upon all of us. All right, so that's who we got coming up tonight. King Bao, Joel Bauman, is on with us. I want to thank Secret Nature CBD. When is this? Uh, this is a Wednesday night? SecretNatureCBD.com. I'm actually wearing their shirt tonight. Imagine that. Go ahead, secretnaturecbd.com. Use promo code FRANKLY for 20% off of everything there that you want to put in your medicine cabinet. A little bit of a before-sleep aid, something for, uh, you know, just for social reasons. Chilling out, giving the giving the old nervous system a vacation. That's what it's all about. If you have any questions about how you could use it in your life, nutritionally, or anything else you have going on, get in touch with Tyler and the team at Secret Nature CBD at secretnaturecbd.com. Uh, all of that information can be found also on quitefrankly.tv on the affiliates page with everything else. So, thank you so much. Uh, what else do we have here tonight? Well, we have a lot, and I want to make sure that we get into our grab bag because without it, without the grab bag, what would we do for practice? Um... There we go. I knew something was off. There it is. Something's screwy with that mixer over there. I'm going to have to get that cleaned out. Um, here's a little bit what we have. We're going to jump right in because I don't want to spend another moment wasting time. Screen capture. Conservativebrief.com. Democrat overturns election result and recount. Beats Republican by one vote. This is in New Hampshire. I always said New Hampshire is the, the best bet for anybody in, in New England that wants some sanity. Well, listen to this one thing here, and a big shocker. A seat in New Hampshire House of Representatives has flipped from Republican to Democrat after a recount. After the recount, Democrat Maxine Mosley defeated her Republican opponent, Gary Gagne, by one vote in the race for Hillsborough County House District 16 in Manchester. Uh, Mosley won the seat with a 1,700 1,799 vote count to Gagne's 1,798. Before the recount, Gagne led Mosley by 23 votes. She found 24 votes and they said, that's it, it's over. (laughs) 
So just in case you want, that's a little bit of the comic relief. That's a little bit of the comic relief tonight. What do we have? Um, let's see. Yes, hold on one second. I'm getting a little bit, uh, it's a production matter. Yes, hold on. 30 minutes. So, here we are. Here we are. A little bit more. Paul Joseph Watson. Yesterday, yesterday what we have is a, whatchamacall? We had a little bit of a close call with World War III. You remember that? It's a close call every day. Well, Ukraine lied and said that it was a Russian missile that landed in Poland and uh, everybody should be up in arms and ready to ready to fight. Really, it was a Ukrainian missile that plopped into Poland and killed two people and now it's just become a tragic accident instead of terrorism. That's all it is because we know Ukraine's the good guys. So, yeah, uh, just always walking, dancing on the head of a pin. I just want to put that out there, as we said. The Trump speech last night, we won't be talking about. I don't know if we'll have any time tonight, but I got a couple of people writing in to me, so maybe I'll keep it for for tomorrow. Perhaps I'll keep it for tomorrow, and uh, and we'll be able to do that because we have a little bit of room to stretch our legs tomorrow and Friday. Uh, here's a little something that I wanted to follow up with our talk with Jason Burmis last night. Over there at the G20, the World Government Summit, the World Government Summit. Uh, when was this? When the hell was this? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, this was getting around a little bit today. A little bit today because, of course, they're all going to uh, make sure that we're watching the G20 from a proper standpoint. And I also have to say this. In the second half of tonight's show, you really cannot miss it. If for not for any other reason, you have got to watch uh, Justin Trudeau get absolutely humiliated. Absolutely humiliated by, by Xi Jinping. It is the most... I am convinced that he ran off because you see him just kind of like walk away stiffly and then he's going to a back corridor. I am convinced he went to go throw up and or cry. You cannot miss this one. Um, But in fact, maybe I'll keep this for later on there too because here's the real big thing and I want to get around to prepping our uh, the arrival of of our guest tonight. Here is Chuck Schumer today, Count Dracula himself. He is, this is so incredible. I don't know where he was talking, but he was talking about amnesty for illegal immigrants, tens of millions of them, however many there are. He only quoted that there's about 11 million. It's probably way over 45, 50 million people. But um, here he is in an an astonishing 28-second clip. I don't know how many narratives are being violated and contradicted in this one clip alone. Please listen to this. Listen to what he's saying about illegal immigration. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented. However many. So, you know, 11 million, 75 million, whatever the fuck. But did you hear what he said before? We're not reproducing. 
We're not reproducing at the same level it used to be, and we need help. We need help to stabilize the population. And now, this is incredible, like I said. How many narratives have been completely broken or contradicted on this? The overpopulation bullshit, uh, replacement theory that nobody's supposed to be talking about, narratives about labor, etc. How many? How many here? I just I, I wonder what all the all the single white feminists in their forties must be t- talking about right now, or if any of them even had the wherewithal to think about what this means for them. I thought I was saving the world and choosing to be barren and lonely. What is this? What are we talking about here? You tell me I I I. I I didn't have to be in a corporate hamster wheel chasing jobs and avoiding meaningful relationships for my entire fucking life? I'm very, I'm sure that not many of them are coming to that that realization right now, but uh, Chuck is talking to people who are either not very with it, think that they're above all of that nonsense, or uh, us who pick up on this and know that this is what's been going on for a long time and how how much have we spoken about this? the underlying themes of all this on this show. So apparently we're not overpopulated now. Uh, and the native-born population of Americans are suddenly sterile. I guess they're all sterile. Um, but man, here is a man, Chuck Schumer, this vampire from my home state of New York. Chuck Schumer, a man who's in a leadership position in a party that has pushed abortion to the tune of 70 million lives plus lost since the 1970s and he's encouraging foreign nationals to come here and pump out children to save the future of America. Now listen, American women deserve to just get dicked down without being enslaved by motherhood and these new arrivals still love having families so let's ride that wave a little and of course they'll thank us with votes for the free pampers that we'll provide, which is most democratic. This Count Dracula cotton mouth fuck. I can't stand him. I I hate them! With a passion. Gotta get the hate out of me. I've gotta burn the hate out of me. It's gotta go. They're the party of depopulation. They're the party of depopulation. And they're talking about this crap. And you know, you know, I know that you all know, and they know that we know, that they're racists. They know how racist they are. I just wish they could be called out with a little bit more, I don't know, just sufficiently. That would be wonderful. You remember three or four years ago, Emily Ratajkowski or whatever her name is, she's a moron model or something like that. Um, She said that black women, especially in the South, need abortion. They need it. They need abortion to be able to break the birth-to-prison pipeline. Think about that. First of all, think about the tyranny uh, of low expectations. And of course, she's a vapid, brain-dead liberal, so she can say whatever the hell she wants, even if it's as obscenely racist as that and get away with it. But just think about that for for a minute. According to Emily Ratajkowski, if you're born black, you're probably destined for prison. So we need to be able to give black mothers the ability to snuff out their children's lives before it even gets started in order to avoid disappointment altogether. This is the kind of slap in the face, the inhumane slaps in the face we have to listen to while at the same time being called bigots and racists and xenophobes. We're the problem 
And, and, and this is what they, they run out there with. I'm sorry I'm ranting. I'm sorry I'm ranting. It's just that we talk about this so many years on this show, and then this, for this vampire to come out and say this to a, to a smattering of applause at that, to a round of applause he said this, it's an affront to humanity. And I hope that young girls all over the place wake up before these devils steal everything from them. I hope that they do. My God. Chuck Schumer stumping for illegal immigrants to be rewarded for winning, I guess, the greatest game of hide-and-seek ever. And he needs them to have children because for some reason we're just not producing. Everything that they stand for is anti-human and pro-depopulation. They've got LGBT in every classroom being pushed by many of those 40-year-old single feminist ladies with mental illnesses. Uh, I mean, abortion, uh, transgenderism. Where, where else can we go with this? Everything leads to societal collapse, whatever they stand on. So that is uh, a little bit of what is irking me today. That I don't want to talk about what's irking me. And that's why we switch off the topics in this show. Uh, our guest tonight is a fantastic catalyst for positive, proactive, great conversation to be able to just see something around us that needs to be changed, identifying shit where you see it, and then scooping it up, getting rid of it, and uh, and just, just being a trailblazer in your life and, and trying to inspire that in other people. So that's what we do. That's what we shall do, and we're going to take a really quick break, and I'm going to give you a little bit more of a background of the Joel Bellman, King Bao, that many of us got to meet this year, and I'm very happy that we did. Don't go anywhere, anybody, everybody. I sent out all of the links to how to watch this show live right now on all my socials. Get out there, retweet them, telegram, reblog, give it a star, a like, whatever the hell it is. Thank you for sponsoring and syndicating the program. We will be right back. This is enough to get me to the boiling point! You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Keep it on. Keep it on. 
All right. So as you know, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, get call into the show in the second half. Get all write all your questions and comments down. You can submit your comments through any number of super chats, including the new universal one. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Can't wait to read through those in the second half. Should be a good one. Now, where are we going? Now, I have uh, I have two famous clips here. Because I've got to give you a crash course in King Bao. i got to give you a crash course, then we'll talk to him, and then you can go follow him on your own. And uh, he's, he's a very compelling figure, and I hope that we can bring him back in the future. Already, I hope. Here's the first thing that we all got treated with in May of this year. Here, I got two from the New York Post. The headline was this, MMA fighter Joel Bauman goes viral for herpes admission after his win. I'm like, herpes admission? We're like, what, what are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Here, listen to this. Last fight, I was tired. I was exhausted. I'm about to launch this NFT that's going to change the fight game. And I put in 30 all-nighters before that fight. I had herpes before that fight, two outbreaks in the span of a week. I'm here. I'm healthy. Let's go. Whatever. <laughs> now, I'm looking at a guy back then, because, you know, I'm not... I. I I watch UFC every once in a while if I get invited to a friend's house or or whatever. But when I saw this, I'm just I'm just chuckling to myself because I say, okay, well this this is the, the delivery alone that deadpan just putting it out there without paying any special attention to it. I that's how I like delivering jokes, okay? Just just to make people go, "Wait, wait, what?" I so I knew there was something going on here. It was hilarious. It could be true. I don't know anything about him. Perhaps he's just very comfortable. He made a mistake somewhere. He had a. He took some Valtrex, and everything was fine afterwards. But then it, uh, it 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 created this cavalcade of media attention. The t- the, the same old TMZ crowds and whatever uh, picked it up. But then uh, somebody in particular picked it up. That just just caused a little bit of a no 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 no. There was there was a, a tripwire. A tripwire that had, um, I guess, had been tripped. And that was Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel brought up the herpes admission and all of this stuff in one of his monologues. And, you know, we can't, can't stand this guy as it is. We just, uh, I mean, how many, I, I've actually stopped talking about Kimmel a long time ago. I, I haven't played anything off of any late night comedy. God, late, late, late night comedy. I haven't had anything like that on this show in it feels like a couple of years, so you're welcome. Anyway, he spoke Bao's name, and that is really, uh, that's what led us to this, to this over here. Another headline from the New York Post. MMA fighter Joel Bauman unloads on Jimmy Kimmel, Hollywood, in fiery tirade. Eat dick, he said, but it's not just about eat dick. It's a little bit more than that. Let's go and uh, listen to what he had to say. So all those doubting my NFT, you're looking at the guy. That's the reason that college athletes and high school athletes are getting paid today. Mr. Influencer to Influencers. Secondly, Jimmy Kimmel, viral this. I fight to eradicate childhood malnutrition from the planet. And until they release the flight logs, you, the mainstream media, Hollywood, 
are all pedophiles to me. Eat dick. Okay, so the, the, now when this happened, I said, "All right, I don't even care what the, 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 the I don't even care what the hell the herpy thing was about." Obviously, this guy thinks long term and he sees the bigger picture here. And this is a okay in my book. That was fantastic. From there, the Jimmy Kimmel challenge began. I'm going to have him tell you what the Jimmy Kimmel uh, challenge is, and I will we'll just. Uh, We'll call him up and we'll we'll do all this together because he's on the line right now. But uh, Joel Bauman, professional mixed martial artist, musician, comedian, advocate for children. Uh, he made headlines this year, as you just saw, trolling the media in order to bring attention to his efforts in eradicating childhood malnutrition. And then again, when he uh, called out Jimmy Kimmel for being a part of the Epstein list. To being listed, we all know that list. We know it. Yes, indeed, we do. But um, here's what I'll say. As Joel sits down with us and, uh, and, and has, a, has a good time here on a, a Wednesday night, there is so much more to talk about when we, when, we, when we just spread out and talk about the world. Uh, there's a lot more things that you can just get uh, pulled away with. A lot, of, a lot of distractions out there. But Joel's the type of guy that likes to brush all that away. Joel, are you there? I think he's a, hold on. I think we got him. Joel, do you hear me? We're on the line, so that's what I'll just, uh, Joel, you there? He's got the, we're good to go. You hear me? I can't hear anything. No? We hear you fine. We hear you fine. Let me know if you can hear me. We could. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So do you hear me, though? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, great. We're live. Good to have you on, my friend. Wonderful to have you with me. No, it's all good, man. It's great to have you. You've provided us with so much needed badassery this year. I just want to tell you, I appreciate the time here, man. How's everything been with you? I'm fucking blessed, bro. I am, uh, life is a dream. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life, and uh, everybody got to kind of witness that with the Jimmy Kimmel Challenge, where we just, you know, created content every single day to essentially show Hollywood that uh, I'm more entertaining than these motherfuckers, these soulless motherfuckers, these people that don't, you know, like, uh, I do this. I make my own music, I make my own beats. We're able to make a viral song off of making fun of Jimmy Kimmel from a fan, you know, from one of my friends, fan Skunkle Phil, just sampling one of his his videos. You know what I mean? So it's it's been a blessing. I'm truly honored that uh, a lot of people almost have anointed me as some type of hero and everything. But I don't consider myself that because at the end of the day, I'm just fucking speaking my mind, bro. Like this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just literally speaking my mind, and people find it valuable, and I'm honored. But at the same time, I, I, I think it's a reflection of... Uh, I think it's a reflection of where people are at. There's a lot of people who are fucking just... They're insecure. 
and they're fearful and they're full of shame. I have no shame. I show my ass. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've, I've hated myself before and I had to learn how to love myself so that we could be where we are today. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, there's something else there too. I think that there's a lot of people that gravitate towards somebody who that, you know, goes into the world. And in, especially when you're talking about speaking to, um, I wouldn't, I don't know how would I say projected powers projected powers in the world because we know thank that you, thank you yes you're a, exactly right a lot of a lot of a lot of uh sources of power and influence it's all just projection they actually don't really have any and and uh there's a lot of fear that comes with backlash of even going toe to toe with that so there are people who live vicariously through folks like you and then there's just uh there's more you start learning about the the good works that that you have committed your life to. And I want to get around to that because there's a lot of people out there who are seeing and hearing you for the first time. So I'm sorry if you've done this before, but I want to cover all the bases. You're, an, here, you're an athlete. I'm really fucked up. Like I, I didn't know if I was coming in or how we were doing it. So everybody got to see me get ready and try to fix my fucking mic. So like, well, let's go. Well, Anything I, you want to get into, let's go. Don't worry. I didn't put you on the screen until you were, you were right. You were talking back to me. So it wasn't that bad. Oh, okay, good, good. But you're, you're an athlete. You're a musician. You're a philosopher. Uh, you have pledged your life to ending malnutrition for children around the world, which is, I, I want to talk about that first and foremost. When did this mission click for you? So a lot of people don't know the, the background of how I got introduced to food technology. Um, I was wrestling at the University of Minnesota, and I had got into direct sales from a gentleman uh, who was one of the most successful people in my area, my small farming community area. I uh, went to church in a town called Wilmer, which was 12 miles west of where my farm was that I grew up on. And so we would go, it, it had the mall that had the target, you know, it was a little, a bigger, you know, bigger community. And one of the gentlemen from there, uh, he was one of the most successful people in the town. He went to our church and I always knew he had money. And he actually reached out to me when I was in college and uh, knew I was a little, had a little bit of influence back there and showed me network marketing, direct sales. So I got into direct sales at a young age from, and saw it from someone successful, had a little bit of success in my first company, was able to get like a paid for BMW and, and whatnot. Um, but I was, I loved the fact that I could help other people. That was just my passion. It was like, I could help other people become wealthy by just helping them get information, you know, teaching people information. Uh, started training in that company. And then while I was in that company, I'd suffered a head injury that took me out for three and a half months. Uh, I couldn't read. I just remember forgetting what I was talking about. Like when I was up on stage, <laughs> I couldn't take phone calls anymore. I actually had to stop driving. Uh, cause I would have like, I would have weird panic attacks. Uh, if you know anything about what I'm talking about, uh, you know, it's inflammation of the brain and you can't get your heart rate up. So I couldn't work out. I lost 20 pounds of muscle uh, that I put on, you know, the my whole first year at wrestling. So uh, while I was dealing with that, I was going to take my life one night, walked on a bridge because I lived on if I went to the University of Minnesota, I wrestled, I got a scholarship there. And that's how I injured my head. And I lived at Floco Apartments, which is right on the I-35 bridge. If anybody knows the University of Minnesota, you know Floco Apartments is the first apartment complex when you turn off the I-35 bridge. And uh, I walked out, I was high and I was drunk one night and I walked outside and I, I took one step on the bridge and I felt like it wasn't me that was telling me to do it. 
So I ran back to my apartment. I looked up to the sky and I just go, God, if this is it, take me now. If it's not, give me a sign. And a buddy from my first company reached out to me and he says, hey, Joel, I heard you have a head injury. We need to sit down ASAP. I said, what? He's like, we need, we need to sit down ASAP. I got uh, something I need to talk to you about, about ASAP. Um, you are dealing with inflammation of the brain and this product that I have lowers the anti-inflammatory markers in a human by 47% in 90 minutes. We do food technology. You need to take a look at what we're doing. So he sits down and shows me what this product is called Limitless. Betalin is found in beets. It's the anti-inflammatory property found in a beet. Our company got the uh, patent to extract betalin from the sugar molecule. Uh, so in 500, so in one capsule is 500 beets worth of betalin. So wow. I started taking this product. Within two and a half weeks, I was medically cleared to wrestle. We took that company from 300 customers in Minnesota to over 30,000 in the Midwest and uh, didn't have to work for a couple of years. Shortly after that, um, a guy named Sam Castor, who used to be the founder of Manatech, uh, left that company because uh, you can get into his story. I have his story on my, on my Instagram. It's on my Rumble. I did an interview with him. Please go check it out to understand the incredible technology of Ace Manon. But he was looking to partner with a company to create what's called social business. And I was listening to him talk after he bought out our company to infuse all of our products with what's called Ace Manon. Um, and we were going to become the first buy. We're going to become the first like buy one nurse two company on the planet that would dedicate ace manning to eradicating childhood malnutrition so as people take our products we donate this life-saving food technology to children in need we've already fed 44 million children or excuse me we've already sent 44 million servings of nourishment to children in the last three and a half four years wow. through this this program and when he was talking i said you know i got my career back i got my health back i wasn't necessarily happy with where my life was at though so i'm never content um, I'm always, I'm always focused if I like, I focused on music. I put all my money into music. I wanted to learn and how to teach myself how to produce, how to mix, how to master. So I spent a bunch of money to go to the studio, but I wasn't fighting. I always wanted to be the best fighter on the planet. And I feel like I had the potential to do that. And I feel like I was, I just didn't know it. So I faced my fears and I said, I'll fight to, uh, I'll fight to get the word out so that no child will die. That gives me a reason to fight. I've walked away from every fight outside of the cage. I've had people spit in my face, slap me, push me. I've never been in a fight outside of the cage because I was obsessed with the samurai growing up. And a samurai, if you un if you wielded your sword and you didn't use it, you had to kill yourself. <laughs> it's ritual suicide. You had to turn on yourself. So I just, you know, I was honestly, fighting was a spiritual journey for me. It's been a spiritual journey for me. The biggest thing I had to learn was getting over hurting people. And uh, I can I can fight knowing that I'm fighting to save children. That's uh, inc it's incredible. And you know what? The reason why I asked that there too is I guess it's it's tied into my other uh, my other question I had, which was um, at, at what point did you start realizing the true nature of the power dynamics in the world? And I guess a, a little bit more of a contemporary way of asking it, it was what was your red pill moment? And um, and I, I wanted to know if this if this this uh, objective, this mission to help uh, children as well as expand your own um, your own business and personal acumen and all that, if it predated your awakening to how things were in the world. 
Yeah, so, you know, when I was wrestling at the University of Minnesota, a lot of people know that I went viral back in 2013 for being the kid that walked away from his wrestling scholarship at the number one team in the nation to pursue music or to pursue the likeness of my image and my name. Uh, that was kind of a red pill moment, but that actually happened when I was in high school. I was making music, I had a YouTube channel, and I would sit and I would rap in front of my webcam. And I grew a channel to, you know, I had like eight videos and I had 30,000 or so views back in the day, which was a lot, you know, back in the day to kind of accumulate. And when I was doing that and I signed, at, signed for the University of Minnesota, I was about to pick a college, my dad goes, hey, Joel, you're probably not gonna be able to do music in college. And I said, what? He said, well, they have the amateurism rule. And the amateurism rule states that college athletes can't get paid and that the NCAA essentially owns your name and your likeness. And I said, well, that's stupid. What happens if I do music? And he said, well, they'll take away your eligibility. And I say, and I said this in high school, <laughs> I go, well, if they do that, they're just going to make me famous. I'm a kid who makes fucking positive hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. At, at that point in time, that's what I did. And if they want to, you know, uh, hate on me for that, then they're just going to make me famous. Well, lo and behold, that's what happened. We set them up. Uh, we set up the NCAA way back in the day. So it's funny because everybody sees me go viral now. Like, it's always the same tactic. <laughs> so I do some stuff to get attention, and then we talk about something that actually matters. And now it's very interesting. Uh, we did a, we were in a movie and a documentary called The Business of Amateurs. I suggest everybody go watch this documentary. came out a couple of years ago. Um, it was completely done by social by. NCAA athletes. Bob DeMars is the gentleman who wrote it and who produced it. Um, he used to play for USC and his goal was to expose the NCAA. Well, we did that a couple of years ago and I believe that documentary is the reason why kids are able to get paid today, um, you know, because of our sacrifices. So, yeah. That's a lot, I, and that's one of the one tide that has been turning a lot, because you know, the, the, uh, aside from the fact that yeah, there there was that big time on the books reality, we know that there was a lot of money being spent, uh, a lot of money being uh, people being bribed, a lot of people greasing their palms off the books. So it was this this weird dichotomy and this this uh, this like double standard that was going on. So it's uh it's it's incredible to to learn about your story and to see how. You were uh, an integral part in that in, in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, getting into what you're talking about there, doing something, setting something up that leads to a real conversation about something else, I'd love to get into the media just a little bit because it sets up all the other questions I have. It's Always. obviously the media, as we all talk about over here every night, is a consciousness harvesting operation. I tell we, we uh, Just please tell everybody a little bit how you decided to set up the cheap clickbait Low IQ, <laughs> low IQ mongrels in the media. Tell us how you set up the the mongrels in the media with the with the herpes easy. story. Easy, bro. I mean, it was so easy. Like, so I knew after. This is the real story. To be to be honest, to to I've never really shared this side of it. Um, I knew that the the fight that I had that I first went viral. A lot of people were going to give me props for. You know, I was coming off of a loss and I also needed to change the narrative of my loss because people don't know how terrible I felt. And I, you know, some people say, you know, my coach thinks my, my coach even told me I probably, you know, 
Like he believes in me. I have, I have the number one coach in the world, but he looked at me a week before I took the the fight that I lost, and he looked at me and goes, "Joel, you look terrible. You want to know why I look terrible? Because I was putting in a bunch of time into my NFT that now people say is genius. That now people say is incredible. But a couple months ago, or a couple months ago, I was the crazy dude that fucking told the world that he had herpes, right? <laughs> yeah. But the reason. It was all narrative because media is narrative. A lot of people don't know it's all like fighting is narrative, right? So I wanted to clear the air and like let people know and, and create the narrative that one, when I'm healthy, nobody can fuck with me, okay? I got the best coaches in the world telling me I'm next. They used to train John Jones. They say I'm the future. I respect them. I honor them. And I know that when I'm focused, you have to understand, even when I've been fighting, I've not been focused on just fighting. You understand like i haven't been focused on just fighting so i wanted to clear the narrative to, to just put some respect on my name but i knew the fight that i was in a lot of people probably won't give me respect for because he has he you know the gentleman had a losing record and i needed to do something to capture attention right so essentially if you've lived under a rock uh i said that um I talked about my last fight and how I had lost my last fight because I had pulled 30 all-nighters, you know, in the span of in the span of a short time, which led to me having a herpes outbreak. Um, and I fight to eradicate malnutrition, but I said all these things and I said it a specific way that I knew that they would take it and they would run with it. They did, and they took the bait. And after they took the bait, we. You guys saw what happened. Well, we now, now this is the big thing here because, as I said in the opening, when I was laying out, I was laying out the groundwork. I played the two clips there too. Uh, yeah. After you tell you her, hear it in the pacing, bro. You can hear it in the pacing. I do a breakdown on my Rumble channel where I like literally break down, like the, I do a viral analysis, a post-viral analysis. You can hear it in my tonality. You can see I'm trying not to laugh. Oh, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I didn't even like, need to see the breakdown because this is, I, I said in the opening, this is how I deliver jokes sometimes too. If you just, <laughs> just, 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 uh, just, just steamroll forward, you put things in there that make people do a double take and go, wait, what? Yes. So, 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 but here's the, here's the brilliance now because now you have, now you have, uh, when it comes to, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, because you have TMZ, you have New York Post, everybody is doing this. And I know at this point in the plot, after the herpes comment and whatever, you, um, every outlet that speaks your name at that point is doing your will, which is the most, that's the most brilliant part of the whole thing. So every media outlet is doing your will, but what was it about Jimmy Kimmel in particular that set you off? Because you could have attacked anybody, but him, it was, it was a line too far. What was it? Well, it, so I, I just figured, because everybody tagged me in it, it was more the engagement that I got from it. It was like, hey, not only did, you know, TMZ and all these places, I guess I was talked about on the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Good for them that I didn't see that, because if I would have got to go after, like, Charlemagne or the Breakfast Club, <laughs> oh, that would have been epic, you know what I mean? Especially doing hip-hop and doing music. Like, I would have, I would have you know... I would have went in my bag for that, but it was just the engagement. Everybody was tagging me that Jimmy Kimmel had said my name and I was just like, perfect. Now I get to be King Bao. Now I get to be what I am and I'm going to own these people because they just gave me the platform to do it. So the, it's funny because the, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel challenge actually stems from the Logan Paul call out challenge. And I used to call out Logan and Jake Paul, uh, to a fight every single day. 
uh, because nobody wanted to fight me. And it was just a way to like build engagement and call out these influencers who thought they were going to be real fighters. You understand? Mm -hmm. Like I actually moved away from my family. I live at the fucking number one gym in the country and I sacrifice every day to get better. And, and I just, you know, I felt, I feel like it's crazy. I can't get any fights because everybody I felt was, I would, you know, I would say everybody's soft nowadays. Everybody's a pussy. Everybody wants to just, you know, take the easiest fights. I'm taking hard fights. I'm taking anyone. It doesn't matter. Two weeks notice. I could be fucked up. I'm going to fight because I can't make excuses because children are dying. You understand? Mm -hmm. Like people are at war right now, bro. People are dying overseas. I put it on my, I, I, when I say I'm going to do something, I fucking do it. So, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel thing, man, it was just opportunity. Yeah. I saw it was like a big bullseye and it was like, okay, well, He's a big, he's a big name, and he said my name, so it was just perfect, you know. Oh yeah, but it it, it also the, the blast the blast radius of that one went uh, went real deep. I mean, it's uh, for someone in your position, especially capturing the media attention like that, to drop a Moab uh, on on an Epstein level. I mean that that caught a lot of a lot of people became f fans of yours overnight just because they're thinking okay this guy knows what's up I mean it's it, it wasn't just internet hashtag play around I mean, you you have to be in the know to know who was on that list and uh, and then what started you started you you launched at that point we want the names dot com or what what happened after that so uh, with we want the names that's actually started by uh, one of my girlfriends and. Uh, I met her randomly over TikTok because people were tagging me saying, Hey, you need to get with conspiracy realists. You need to get with, you know, Bella Bionda. You need to get with these girls that are, you know, going viral with, we want the names and uh, they're going to do an event in DC. You should go to the event in DC. So I literally just, as I'm doing the Jimmy Kimmel challenge, we planned it. We didn't even plan it. Like that was a Babe Ruth just, Hey, we're going to do it in 46 days. It all lined up. The D.C. trip lined up. I went out to D.C. with the We Want the Names Foundation uh, protesting the Epstein, you know, literally on on, on <laughs> at D.C. Um, so, bro, it's just been it's just been crazy. Like it's all the universe guiding me to people, guiding me to opportunity, guiding me to things. And it, uh, I just go. I don't ask questions. I've been in 11 cities in 11 weeks. You understand? Yeah. Like it's fucking crazy ever since then and i'm just i'm i'm grateful i'm in a space of gratitude but i'm not done like people think like this is the warm-up bro my goal is to take over everything my goal is to take over everything so i can give it all back this is calculated like people have no idea the music and the like you talked about a moab bro that def this is gonna like people are gonna go back to that and just be like yeah he did that but that was no <laughs> nothing nothing compared <laughs> that was nothing bro like nobody even has a clue yet and that's just why i'm like i haven't really been able to just work like i haven't been posting a lot lately because i'm behind the scenes fucking working because i got i got clips loaded up bro just ready to go if they were going to get me out of here they should they would want to try to do it now because they're not going to be able to stop what happens next. You understand? Oh but, yeah, I know what you mean. And I, and, oh, whatever, I, and, bro. I, I, and I, I love that way that it's all stacked and ready to go. And and you know, I, I know you have a lot of younger kids looking up to you now, especially now more than ever, because it's not only badass to see someone mock 
elitist demons out there, but it goes a long way for children to hear someone prioritize them in meaningful ways. Um, Bro, the children of the future. What are we talking about? Like, I have kids. Like, my kids are not growing up in a communist society. I can tell you that. There ain't going to be no fu fucking food shortages. What are we talking about? We can get hydroponic systems and storage tanks and fucking, like, we can, like what are we talking about? We have the utility and the ability to not have any of these problems, but all of this money is being facilitated other places. Maybe, maybe, potentially, fucking kids. Like, trafficking kids at the border. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? I'm not doing, we're not playing this shit. You understand? My children are going to fucking have a better future. You want to try to take that away from them? I have a problem with that. You, under, you understand? Like, I don't give a fuck about this life anymore, really. I'm ready to ascend. I'm ready to do whatever. I, I, I die daily. You understand? I kill my ego daily. I, I do meditation ritual where I die every single fucking day. You understand? I'm over this. I'm over this aside. But my kids... My kids are going, and the children of the world are the future. I want to see the crazy shit they come up with. You understand? Mm -hmm. I want to see what they create. We got Elon doing all this shit. Bro, we had Nikola Tesla at one point in time. They are hiding ancient technology. You understand? Like, they're hiding it. And, and nobody knows about Limitless. Bro, nobody knows about our, our fucking Limitless product. How do they not know about uh, an anti-inflammatory like that? You understand? You know, how do they not know about Ace Manning? You understand? Like, that's crazy. Ace Manning is the world's most naturally researched molecule on the fucking planet. A hundred million dollars of research to prove what the fuck it does in the body, and it turns on the immune system like nothing else. Did we not just have a pandemic the last three and a half years, but none of you motherfuckers have heard about Ace Manning? What the fuck? It's annoying. It's fucking annoying. I've had this information for years, bro. And I have to sit here and I used to have people fucking look at me and get all skeptical and be like, oh, well, I don't think this product is going to work. And it's just like, are you fucking stupid? We already have the research. We already have it. And now, because I have a little bit of influence, just like I knew, that's why I started fighting, bro, because I want to be able to give people the information. And now what are you going to do with it? I just told you how we could save all these children, bro. I just told you that we're that we're that we're working with. I mean, we're working with Vicente Fox Operation Underground Railroad. Like, bro, we're working with world leaders right now. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to get healthier? You want to fucking you want you want to be optimal so that we can save children? You know what I mean? For me, it's not about money. This ain't about money. You got all these other fucking influencers trying to pitch your products that don't even fucking do anything. And I'm telling you about life-changing food technologies that can save humanity. And yet people still want to look at me skeptical. Like, like I'm just, I'm impatient, bro. I oh, want to give my fucking children a better world. That's it. I know. I just, that's it. No, I know, I know it. I know it, and uh, we have these conversations a lot. I, you know, something that it's a a phrase that we use often here because you brought up Tesla. And any time that you're in the New York tri-state area, you got to come in and do a show in the studio. You have yeah, to. Absolutely. Sure. Um, absolutely. But but we talk about Tesla a lot, and now it, it goes beyond that. It's a common phrase that's used: the lost century. You know, uh, what people were, were conceptualizing at the turn of the 20th century in the late 19th, the fact that we're still living in this kind of a, a, a beehive mentality where you, I walk out of the studio at night, I look up, I, and, and, and before I can focus on the stars, I got to look through a rat's nest of telephone wires. The fact that we're still living in these 
old modality uh, under these old modalities and in 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 uh, you know in limit. You're talking about limitlessness. I'm talking about limited. We're being intentionally limited. Let me ask yep. you this because you brought up ego, you brought up everything else, and I'm sure there are a lot of young people and old people that would uh, that, that are wondering, you know, as far as confidence goes, defeating insecurity, you're talking about going from the brink of suicide to turning yourself around and, and, and having internal revolutions almost every day of your life ever since. Um, there's a lot of people who carry around baggage that holds them back. How did you start freeing yourself up from that? What advice do you give to people, young and old, who are hungry to do the same? Personal development changed my life. When I realized that I could control my thoughts, when I could direct my thoughts, control my emotions, and when I, when I started reading books, you know, sales, why don't they want entrepreneurs? Why don't they want entrepreneurs? That's a question that you got to ask yourself. You know, everybody says that, you know, red pills, da, 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 sales will do that. And the reason sales will do that is because it gets you out of the slave program mind, right? And what makes an entrepreneur successful is they have to get over the opinions of others. If they want to be successful, they can't give a fuck. If you want to be the highest level of success, you can't give a fuck what people think. And ev we just talked about it. Everybody gives a fuck about what people think. A lot of people do, right? Mm you get out of that you must grow to a level of awareness where you're able to look at everything and go this is me this is me this is me this makes me this makes me this me nothing else then can get in that you understand nothing can get in what you are you are that so i started reading books bro i heard tony robbins read over 200 books i wanted to be tony robbins at one point in time you know a new one and i wanted to help people and I found out that he got into neuro-linguistic programming. Not only did he read 200 books as fast as humanly possible, he got into neuro-linguistic programming. So I got into hypnosis. I got into neuro-linguistic programming. I started, you know, uh, teaching myself that, uh, doing online classes, all this stuff to become a, a master of the subconscious mind, shall we say. And I wanted to help people for free. I just wanted that information. When I got into direct sales, I had enough time and money where I could teach myself things, right? So I just became a super learner, bro. I got into super learning, biohacking, speed reading, like anything to make me better. And I, I saw the power of neurolinguistic programming. It's funny that we're talking about NLP because I went viral for a video on my last TikTok that they banned for a neuro-linguistic programming video. It was one of my fucking most popular videos. In three minutes, I taught people how to instantaneously heal their trauma. It's on my Rumble. You can still find that video. Um, I plan on doing another re-up of that video since they banned my TikTok. Isn't that interesting how mm. they banned me? And I had a fucking healing video with thousands of people coming on and saying, hey, I, ins I literally instantaneously healed my trauma. Like I was dealing with this, man. Thank you so much. I was dealing with this. I was dealing with this. And I saw, and I watched your video and oh my God, it worked. Oh my, I have it all saved, bro. I have a fucking folder of all the comments saved that I'm going to post in the next video that I do. Um, because, you know, that's another reason why it's fuck these motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh yeah. How can you not see I'm for humanity? How can you not see I'm for helping people? 
How can you not see them for you know, my other video that I did was for a fucking workout to help people that ended up helping a lot of people. You understand? Like, well, here's just, the thing. If you if you proliferate, if you proliferate any of that kind of information to people then they have something to neutralize the NLP that's being used by mass media, by Hollywood um, and anything that 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 robs people's creative powers and allows somebody else to harvest it on their behalf. Um, you know, th this whole leaf blowing in the wind mentality. That's why there's such free-floating anxiety all over the place. People actually are not tethered to anything that is, you know, that is you know, connected to something that's eternal. Um, whether it doesn't matter if it's however their spiritual life is or just knowing what your brain can produce when you train it like everything else. Oh, it's just, it's, it's incredible. But the messaging that you put forward and the way that you present yourself, I have two questions here. Actually, one question, one comment from the audience, and one from my producer. Um, the one from the audience talking about your style, uh, how you present yourself, this almost like uh, S&M style ring uh, leather. Uh, what is it about the spiky dog collar and the dominatrix suspenders in the ring? <laughs> So I was at an event with my buddy. He does uh he makes leather custom bondage gear. He makes knives. He's a blacksmith. He does everything, bro. He's he's fucking dope. He trains at Jackson with uh Jackson Wink with me. I did a I did an interview with him. You can find that on my Rumble channel, my interview series called History. Um and we were at an event and I was like wearing some of his shit and promoing some of his shit for him and I told him about how I was going to go viral for the Jimmy Kimmel thing and he looks at me he's like, "Bro, you should wear a fucking harness." And I was like, what he's like, bro? It will be great. You'll you'll capture everybody's attention. You know where you know where where one of my harnesses. And I was like, okay. And then uh, the day I went to go pick it up uh, before my fight, uh, I was in his leather shop, and he's like, bro, you want to know what'd be even better is if you had a dick collar. And I was like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, man. He's just like, no, it'll be funny. And I'm like. Well, do you think people are gonna think I'm fucking, you know, whatever, you know, gay or whatever? He's like, does it matter? And I'm like, fuck no, you're I, right. You're right. <laughs> I'm like, fuck no. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna fucking do it. You know what I mean? It's gonna be hilarious. I'm gonna tell him to eat a dick. That's why I literally do this. So eat a dick, wearing the dick collar. So it was. Uh, and then I said, you know, it can all fit in the line uh, or the 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 light of me dominating the media. Right. I dominate the fucking media. It's a play. It's bro. It's a play on words. If you go to my uh, Instagram, I have a music video that I dropped that week. The the day, the week before the fight, I dropped the fucking song called Highness. We then dropped the music video after I went viral. And it's all a play off of the harness and Jimmy Kimmel and dominating the media. So definitely go check out the Highness music video. It's a It's pinned at the top of my profile for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's it's all just a play. I'm dominant. I'm about to dominate the media in Hollywood. Fuck these motherfuckers. I have I, I have a uh, here's a comment here from uh, my my producer Abe. He's he's a fan of yours, and he actually was the one that helped me uh, find you because. Yep. This was great. He said this to me. He said, Frank, listen, you got to let him know that I said this, that he's literal. He's a, the literal prototype of light occult super soldier, like the likes of which just 10 years ago, light workers and pro-human evangelists could only imagine in their wildest dreams. And humanity is very lucky to have him as a living example of how to fearlessly face evil through action like a badass and showing how to force an eventual paradigm shift. Uh, he's proof of the inevitable human blowback in the face of humanity's manufactured social condition. P.S. No homo. Uh, so, hey, so hey, hey, tell him I'm uh, 
I'm honestly touched and honored by that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to sample that. I'll, pl- sample I'll, that I'll, my, uh, I'll send it to you if you want. Yeah, I'm going to sample that. That whole little write-up, that's going to be my new bio. Well, well, let me ask you about this. I'm going to make that. Make sure you send me his name because I'm going to give him credit for that. Oh boy! But I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that my bio. I like that. Like when people ask me whatever, I'm just going to send. A, a, you said his name was Abe. Abe. Yeah, Abe's quote. Well, you, that's that. You just made Abe's Christmas <laughs> right there. Happy Mer- Merry Christmas, Abe. Well, yeah, on that, especially on humanity's manufactured social condition, um, yeah. you're a warrior. Internally, externally, you know the importance of studying an opponent, uh, opponent, of course. When you yeah. assess, and I know that you assess the larger picture because you're a parent, um, you're an entrepreneur, you're a fighter. When you assess the larger plot against humanity, uh, when you see an army, a small army of techno-globalist trillionaire types at Davos and the G20 talking about a new world order that they're intent on installing for us, how do you envision the larger fight to restore humanity across the globe playing out? And I, and this is why I ask, because yes, the raising of consciousness and awareness is what will make the revolution last, to know where we came from, to know who we are, and, uh, and, and, to, and to say, well, this is something that could never happen ever again, for as long as it, it possibly can. But surely this is going to be a physical struggle as well. So have you ever imagined what that looks like? I think that we create reality based off of our beliefs. And I believe that global consciousness is a thing. And I believe that everybody is suggestible. And I believe that humans just need a new way to believe or think about something or reframe in their mind. And I don't necessarily believe that the war has to be bloody. I believe that people can instantaneously understand things. I believe that that's happening now. When you see everybody coming out and starting to, you know, every day, it's funny. It's it's just, it makes my day. I get tweeted, where's the list? (laughs) (laughs) I get tweeted, you know, Jimmy Kimmel shit. And it's just hilarious to me that we were able to affect consciousness like that on a very, what some people consider it a small scale. One of the reasons it's small is because I'm shadow banned as fuck. I should have, in my opinion, I should have millions of followers. They've panned, they banned me so many times, bro. They've, they've, they've throttled so many videos that were going viral, took down so many videos that were going viral. It's disgusting. And so I look at that and I just go, okay, that means that we can shift consciousness. If I did have a million followers or hundreds of millions or whatever, and I was able to say this one thing, and now I have a little bit of influence. Could that be the spark to truly make people go and fucking do something to change the world? Whether that's eradicate malnutrition, whether that's to not accept uh, not accept authority from people who potentially might be fucking kids. You understand? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, I feel we're here now. I feel that this is, we are literally affecting the matrix now. I think there are only a couple plays left. I think there's only a fake alien invasion that they can play. I, everybody knows the elections here were bullshit. You know, everybody knows. They, were, they arrested the 2,000 mules producers. What the fuck? What are we talking about? This is why it's a war. It's easy to see. What are we talking about? They're coming after fucking freedom of speech. They didn't do anything wrong but literally exposed election fraud and they got arrested bro if this ain't war now 
if if they banned all the videos, like, bro, I should have millions of views based off of how many times I've been viral and they fucking capped my video or they fucking took it down. It's disgusting. I should show you my TikTok and just all the community guys. Like, I'm almost banned off my new TikTok. I'm almost done off my new TikTok already in, in, a, in two months. Uh, so, again, I look at that and I say that's a sign of us winning. That is a sign of consciousness shifting, the Schumann resonance, all of that. It's already shifted. We've already shifted. We're already in the 5D where thoughts instantaneously manifest. I'm proof of that. I'm literally proof of that, that we are in the 5D, that thoughts instantaneously manifest. I now have people telling me, messaging me every day, hey, when are you going to link up with Kanye? Hey, mm. when are you going to link up with, when are you going to link up with Andrew Tate? Bro, in, 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 in less than six months, I'm now getting mentioned with the biggest names in the world. And I've and people don't realize I've only just begun. Like, this is only the beginning. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I do know, but I don't know. I am. And I think everybody just needs to continue to be what they are and let this play out as it is because consciousness is shifting and we're winning. You must just stay calm. You must be out of fear. Do not do not allow them to, to to put fear in you. Laugh. That's why I laugh. That's why I make comedy out of this. Comedy is the highest form of comedy. My spiritual mentor told me this to change my life. Comedy is the highest form of enlightenment. And then just a couple months ago, it hit me. This this is the second part of it. It finally hit me. Discernment is the highest attribute of enlightenment. When all of this started to take place, everybody was like saying, "Oh man, I'm." He, well, he, he's controlled opposition. He's <laughs> get a lot of that. Oh, so, and but the reason people do that is because they're so far programmed into fear. They have no idea. Their critical factor in their mind, the thing that's protecting them, has no idea how to discern what is truth anymore and what is to hurt them, because they're stuck in fear. When we pull people out of fear we can actually give them judgment because fear clouds judgment. You understand? Oh yeah. And it's done. So my may, may, may what I do is just, all I want to do is just make people less afraid. If I do that, I win and we win and it's done. It feels good. It feels good. And, and I think that's the, the, the best barometer in going through all this stuff because information is, uh, I mean, you got to take a lot of things at, at uh, face value and sometimes the value is plug nickel and um but sometimes it looks like gold and i i gotta say that our our best barometer is still our gut and that is what is uh is really uh, a real brain the gut is the real brain it's it that's it man in the darkest of times that's the thing that's keeping us holding us uh, holding on and that's the thing that's the hardest for them to extinguish so um when i say them i guess they the uh the they that we always talk about you want to say you want to say you want to say anyone that's not for humanity is they yes yeah. anyone is not for humanity i am for humanity how, i want humanity to win and how can people find all of your because you, you're constantly working um how can people keep up with you uh as we go forward i mean since i've been traveling so much bro it's just like i can't wait uh this i think this is my last week of travel because i really want to focus i really want to get another fight hopefully in december and I and I need, just want a month to just refocus. And I mean, it's good. I when I step away, I actually get better, right? Like I I step away and just give myself time to create and do everything that I've done. Uh, but find me on Rumble. Follow me on Rumble. I'm done posting on these communist platforms. 
I'm done fucking posting on fucking TikTok. I'm done posting. Like, there's no reason for me to continue to feed that beast, right? I know that we have these platforms. That there's other ways that we can do it. I got a couple different tech platforms we're reaching out. And I'm also about to launch an NFT that's going to change everything, right? We're going to give performers the intellectual property to their performances. Fuck these, fuck Hollywood, fuck all these, you know, organizations that are hoeing people out. No more hoeing people out. We are sovereign. We're going to create sovereignty in a different way that's ever been seen before. And uh, that's the point. Um, so follow me on Rumble, Rumble slash King Bao, whatever. Uh, I got your I got your flow, your, your flow link uh, over here. Yeah, in, yeah, exactly. All of that. Just go there. Everything just, is in the description. I, I put that in the description of the episode so people will be able to catch up with you. And like I said, anytime that you your travels bring you to the tri-state area, you should do a, a show here. And we also, it's connected to a sound studio. My band, my brother, we, we do a lot of music production over here, so we should link up musically too. Yeah, beautiful. I'll definitely, I'm, I'm willing to definitely come out there for that, for sure. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk after this. I got you. Absolutely. Joel King Bao Bauman, uh, you have uh, you've left us with wonderful nuggets of wisdom, and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the time here tonight. Hopefully we do it again soon, and uh, all the best to you and everybody over there, and to your children especially. Yeah, thank you for you. Thank Abe for uh, that, little, that little dialogue. That was awesome. Definitely going to be sampling that, so... Uh, Appreciate you guys. Thank you for you. All right, man. Have a great evening and uh, all the best. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, there we go. There we go. We are off into the intermission. And now, let me just say, oh boy, what a great... I told you it was going to be a great night full of personality. Um, we are... Uh, since I was asked recently why I don't play my band's music uh, uh, more than I do, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to play one tonight, especially since I have uh, quite a few relevant tracks two conversations like the ones we just had. So uh, this one I'm going to play for you tonight. You probably heard it before. It's called EMP. EMP, Electromagnetic Pulse. It's all about the killing of ego, of fame, liberation from the rat race, a true reset indeed. So I hope you guys enjoy that, and we will be back right after this with your super chats, open lines, and as I said before, hilarious footage of Justin Trudeau just being humiliated it's incredible you have to see it thanks again to uh king bow we will be right back don't go anywhere
Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? So, I am so happy to be back on the other side of... Uh, well, that was a great talk. A great talk. I um, And also, I cannot wait. I just can't wait to get back to work. At whatever minimal sense with the band. Uh, you know, Tom just got married. We got the, the holidays coming up. I still have some refurbishing to do in the band room over there. I actually just uh, left Derek, our bassist, with a team viewer link for the the computer in the other room um, because as I told you uh, we're gonna look to refurbish that computer instead of buying a whole new one anyway um, I just can't wait to get around to that oh, oh, I, I love I love the songs that we created in the last three or four years especially very meaningful to us I think that um, it was perfect for tonight's show that's what I would love to see one day I would love to see one of those songs chart I, I do believe that they're they're good enough. Just talking out loud here. I'd love to play a couple of really big shows too. Open up for a couple of people. I want I want Aurora to know me as a musician. I I really want her to 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 know me as a musician. That's very important to me. I love doing this. It's a it's a indelible. It's it's just a, it's an it's a part of me. I I cannot take away. Spoken word the radio formatting, the um, audience, conversations, mass communication. I can't rip that out of me. It's a very important part of me. But I, I need Aurora to know me as a musician. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a, a new year. Worlds be damned. 
just don't care. All right. Well, thank you guys and gals for sticking with me. Um, I have a little bit over here in Super Chat land. So that's what we're going to jump into in Super Chat land. Then we'll check out Rockfin. We'll check out Pilled. All that good stuff. Stostube says, good evening, Frank. Just dropped a little something here for the show. Be well, brother. I hope everything was great for uh, the birthday in the Stube house in Massachusetts. Hope everything is great. Thank you. Uh, Kankrin left a nice a nice super chat. No no message, but a blessing nonetheless. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Remember, it's the new super chat portal for everybody. I encourage you all uh, as for as little as $2. That is the minimum because one didn't make any financial sense with the with the the fee that that comes out. So, um, that's open for everybody and you can avoid PayPal. So, um, give me some feedback on that too. Anything new that we do, give me feedback. I would love to get some feedback on the quite frankly coffee, the daily roast that we rolled out with uh, Nordic Coffee Company. I would love to get some feedback on that. That's fantastic, um, because especially because we're going to be tinkering with the blend and the roast as time goes on. So it, it would just be great for. All types of coffee drinkers, serious, casual, serious. I'm a serious coffee drinker. Um, I would just love to get feedback on that. All of it. So thank you in advance. All right. All right. People having a good time. That's what I like seeing. On Quite Frankly Not TV. Now, I was speaking with Abe. Is he's gonna His night is going to be made when he hears what, what, um, what uh, King Bao had to say about him. And I'll send his quote over there, too. But I told Abe for Rabbit Hole Wednesdays, which it is Wednesday, after this thing gets wrapped up at 9 o'clock, quite frankly, um, on Quite Frankly TV, we have Rabbit Hole Wednesday. And I would really like him to prepare, since we have a little bit of Hollywood sprinkled into tonight's show, that going on, um, I would really like for him to put the razor fist breakdown on Michael Jackson defending Michael Jackson which is now the baseline for my beliefs on the whole damn thing um the part one two and three the Michael Jackson breakdown that razor fist did I really want that to be the um going live on quite frankly TV within the last within the ne- the first half hour getting started within the first half hour as a nice yeah. Yes, indeed. That's what I would like because it's it's awesome. It's awesome, and it opens up your eyes, and it really challenges you in a way that only someone like Razor Fist can do. All right, Sean Joe sends over a cookie. Porpoiseful. Thank thank you so much. Uh, Tony Ann says, "Love King Bao, Frank. Thank you." I know some of you, many of you, probably don't even. Uh, you know, follow combat sports, but now uh, you have somebody to root for. Or somebody new to root for. Tom Ford said, if there's one interview to send to your normie friends, this is it. Sean Joe, thank you. Captain Flint, let's go, King Bao. Porpoiseful again, and then Secret Weapon bounces back into the chat room, says, thank you, Frank. Oh, man. 
Yes. Now we're going to take some calls. And while I warm up the, the Skype line, I have to show you. I have to show you. I have to show you. Uh, Justin Trudeau. You want to talk about a complete, effete, soft penis man. This is something, ladies and gentlemen, it's a sight to behold. Here is my buddy, uh, Association of Freed People on Tumblr, got this out there. It's 53 seconds long, and it is a... It's an encounter between Justin Trudeau and Xi Jinping. You ready? Now, for those of you in podcast land, I'll do a little bit of a, uh, a reading of the, the subtitles in case the murmur in the back of the room, because, you know, it's the G20, there's people just walking around. But this was caught on tape, a, you know, a, a meeting of the minds, two titans from very strong countries coming together. Here we go. Now, here's what you got to understand. For those of you who are watching this, watch Xi Jinping's uh, demeanor. His body language. You may not speak Chinese, but the body language is all you need to know. That's universal. This guy is so disgusted by this quizzling weirdo, this fruitcake. <laughs> He's so disgusted by him, just wants to get out of his presence because whatever the hell Justin Trudeau has, Xi Jinping is afraid he's going to catch it. <laughs> okay? So, uh, <laughs> watch this. Let me get the hell off the screen here. Okay, so here is what the, the translator for Xi Jinping just said to Justin Trudeau. Everything we discussed has been leaked to the paper, and that's not appropriate. So he is uh, he's talking to Justin Trudeau about um, conversations that they had in private for some reason has gotten to the public. Why is anything that we spoke about getting to the public? This is not appropriate. Okay, and now here's Justin Trudeau. Um, he's trying to put on his big man face and responding to this. And that's not how the way the conversation was conducted, says the translator for Xi Jinping once again. And here we go. If there is, now this is when Justin tries to uh, show his strength. In Canada, we believe in free and open frank dialogue, and that is what we will continue to have. Listen. Now look, 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 at, look at Xi Jinping. Look at him. He's looking left. He's looking right. He said, please get this fucking clown away from me. Please get this clown away from me. I, I can't take it anymore. We will continue to work constructively together, but there will be things that we disagree on, says the big man. Constructively together, but there will be things we will Let's create the conditions first. Yes, that's great. The conditions first, says the translator for Xi Jinping. And he gives him a uh, he gives him a little bit of a, uh, a handshake. Doesn't even look at him in the eye. He's completely disgusted by this guy. And now watch, watch the departure of this pathetic, friendless moron, 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is what a limp penis in a suit looks like. All right? Ineffectual drama school cosplayer. Watch him w walk away and look for a place to literally cry and throw up. Here he goes. Look. Look. Look at that. He, the, the adrenaline is surging through his body right there. That is the body language. Justin Trudeau walking away from Xi Jinping. That is the body language that we have all seen at like a, that, that second, third grade birthday parties. Somebody got rejected. Somebody felt slighted. Somebody got skipped on a line for, you know, uh, I don't know. They, they, they were eliminated in freeze dance too early and they feel like an idiot because now they have to watch everybody else dancing without them uh, pin the tail on the donkey just go back to the most infantile sandbox experiences you can think of and just watch him walk away again how absolutely useless he is okay okay it's okay it's okay Justin it's okay, Justin. Keep it together, Justin. Keep it together. Be a big man, Justin. Be a big man. It's just a <laughs> Woo! Woo! Those are the moments. Those are the moments, ladies and gentlemen. What are we going to do? I live for those little awkward moments, don't you? It makes me feel just warm and gooey inside. I saw that today. I said, oh, everybody's going to love this. They're going to love it. 914-595-6953. Um, what are your thoughts on anything? It's 820. We're going to take this to the bottom of the hour, take a really quick break, and then uh, finish up with whatever the hell else I can find. Um, did I put anything here? What else? What did I put in here? Uh, we got a couple of questions that came in about the Trump speech, the speech last night. I guess I can, I guess I can talk about that, and we could just do other things tomorrow. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix of good and bad for me. I'll try to. I'll try to hold it together. But I, I mean, I'm talking about fitting it into that last twenty to twenty-five minutes because I can probably talk a lot about it. But anyway, let's take a call. Seven five seven. You're on the air. Who's this? <laughs> What's going on, Frank? This is Doc Keck. Doc Keck. Oh, I'm going to be. Let me hold on. Let me make sure that I add this in here. Doc, how the hell you doing tonight? Oh man, um, emotional um, release. King Bao hit me, my man. You know, in terms of like being a fighter and going out there. Um, you know, I'm definitely with him in terms of his mission, uh, in terms of affecting a change in the world. Uh, this morning, um, I just got done with oral arguments in front of the circuit court, man. This and, okay. Uh, this is in, okay. So, um, just so everybody well, knows, give every, uh, a nutshell again because we are tracking your progress in this respect on the quite frankly blog. I know that you're in contact with John Carroll, our our chief writer there, but um, very tight nutshell. Tell people what you are doing again out there in Virginia. And then, um, and then, and then, what the update is today? So, um, uh, I, I sued uh, the Virginia Department of Health and the current acting uh, health commissioner for informed consent um, uh, under a declaratory judgment, which is a recognition of right. So, I'm only suing them for the recognition of the right to receive informed consent as per Virginia statute. 
And this morning, I had uh, oral arguments uh, in front of the circuit court judge and was up there for about an hour, my man. And what I also came upon within my research of uh, going over the opinions was uh, that sovereign immunity was specifically waived within the um, administrative codes uh, related to compulsory or uh, dangerous diseases and pathogens because BS, I don't know, you're on YouTube, so we'll maybe leave that another one. Um, but as it relates to COVID and as it relates to medical uh, devices and as it relates to things being legally defined as toxins, and they do not have sovereign immunity to um, not report that. And um, the, the, the arguments were compelling uh, at the end. My man, I, I just broke down, my man. I just, and uh, I'll find a, a decision, no, we'll have a decision no later than December 9th, uh, one way or the other. So, um, so let me, uh, so, so about the, and, and uh, really amazing, because to be able to qualify all these arguments, you had to prove some things um, on, on a scientific level. <laughs> As far as the origins of the spike proteins and all, uh, it's all laid out in this blog. And um, so I'm sure that you're going through all that today. You said it was about an hour. So it, it was the it was a judge. It was you, and then what? It was a representative from the state. And, and, and was there anybody else uh, observing, or was it a a private session? What what was the setting like? Um, so the setting was kind of a circle. It, it, so it, the courtroom is kind of a circular um, uh, kind of setting. Uh, there was a court reporter there, which is what I had been asking for. I had actually spoken with the chairwoman of the uh, Virginia Court Reporters Association on a pro bono, and by God's grace, uh, there was a, a criminal case that came before mine, so the court reporter just stayed. So it was me, court reporter, the judge, my parents, my sister were in the galley. There was assistant attorney general, and we were there on their demure and plea of sovereign immunity, um, which is basically a motion to dismiss. The case, we didn't really get into the biology of it, um, other than um, the causative agent for long COVID being what it is. Uh, and uh, outside of that, we really focused on the law, and it's going to really come down to legal standing and my ability to establish myself as an aggrieved party as having had some harm being done. But under a declaratory judgment, it, it, it's an action that can be done in a preventative measure, so I don't necessarily have to be harmed first. No. And at the end, um, we had to provide what's called a sketch order uh, to the judge, and what usually accompanies the order itself is um, an opinion letter. And my opinion letter was over 13, it's 13 pages long, and the entire sketch order for the AAG was a page and a half. Wow. Um, and if it's one, one thing about court is that it's all about what's in writing, <clears throat> you know. And, and, and 13, to, 13 pages to one, one and a half, I can't wait, I can't wait to see how this, uh, how this wraps up, man. You said about December 9th, December 10th, you put a lot of work into it. And uh, you know what? Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of people 
I don't know how many people live in the state of Virginia, but there's a lot of people out there uh, who don't know that you are doing some very important work on on their behalf, and hopefully that can create some kind of precedent that people can pick up in other states as well, as long as we can just get your good work out there to everybody else. Good luck to you, man, and thanks again for everything. Yeah, by God's grace, prayer is accepted. Many blessings. Thank you so much, Frank. Take care, brother. Be well. Okay, so there's Doc Keck calling in from a new number. Yes, indeed. Good work there. 914-595-6953. 914-595-6953. We had a couple people that were just calling in, and then they dropped off. You know, I was talking uh, last night. Somebody had brought up Crazy Days and Nights, NT Lawyer. I think it was Dawn. She left a super chat and said, hey, you should check out NT Lawyer on Patreon. Um, we, we've been following his blog for a long time, years, many years. And I had not been on there in a while, so I went to go check it out. And they had a blind item there today. November 15th, 2000, oh yeah, well, last night, 2022. This permanent A-list actor slash director slash icon is on his deathbed. Like what could it be? Some people are saying Dick Van Dyke. Um... Uh, people are trying to guess. Is it uh, is it Alan Alda, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Eastwood, Mel Brooks? I mean, they're all. Uh, I mean, these are these are people who are at or over the age of eighty five. So it sounds like sometime soon. I mean, Gene Hackman. Yeah, somebody just said Gene Hackman, ninety two. He uh, he had, he left he left uh, public life a while because of all that. So we'll see. That's the kind of stuff. I mean, where we usually reference NT lawyers when it started getting geopolitical. Because they have little geopolitical tidbits there and, and blind items there. And a lot of people uh, in the comments just go and, and debate and, and compare notes. And then you just wait a little while and you see what shakes out to be true and, and which uh, blind items can be corroborated by breaking news. That's the fun of it all. 904, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, buddy? Who's this? This is your buddy, James in Jacksonville, Florida. How you been? Oh, what's going on? Hey, 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 how did you enjoy uh, the, the music break tonight? I played that because of you. Man, let me tell you something. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went down that rabbit hole to find your music tonight. I think it's great, brother. I'm glad you liked it because, you know, a lot of people went out and found, uh, they, well, a lot of people went out and found your music. I even went out and found your uh, your song. I commented in there. There's a whole bunch of, there's like a, at least a half a dozen other people from the show that were like, found you on front, quite frankly. Sweet. That's nice. I did not know that. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the best drummer, but you know what? I hold it down, you know, so. Well, it looked like you were having a good time. It was a, it was a, it was footage from a live gig you did a couple of years ago, and and uh, everybody just showed up to sh- to show a little support. And I'm glad that uh, you got yeah. that. Hey, we played that one night in St. Augustine, Florida, and two people showed up. You I know, know those that's nights. The funniest thing when you go play a gig, only two people show up. But guess what? We still did it. <laughs> oh, listen. So th- those end up being some of the best shows of your life. I can't tell you how many times oh, it, was, it was. It was great. It was awesome. It was like, oh my crap! But that was great. It was still made eight hundred bucks. So whatever. 
And, and, and you wonder how the hell that happens there, too. I can't tell you how many times me and the band would show up and we'd uh, like, all right, you guys are headlining. And that sounds great. But, you know, when you're in a, when you're yeah. young, when you're young kids in a band, uh, the, the whole uh, allure of being the headliner that wears off pretty fast when you realize that that is code name for you are destined to sit to the side of the room and watch all of the audience come and go. And then you go on when everybody's gone. That's just what it is. But um but yeah, yeah. I gotta ask you a question. Yeah. Do you play guitar too? No. I mean, I can play guitar. I oh, okay. I actually got okay. guitar lessons first before I learned how to play the drums. So I know hand placement and chord progression. I still remember a couple of chords, but um I I'm going to get my acoustic guitar all refurbished soon so that I could I could at least show uh, Aurora has so many so many interests in different different um uh, instruments now. She makes my brother play guitar for her when we go away on little go. vacations. She loves the piano. She, oh man, there's a lot of things going on right now. I, I, I like it all though. And and I just wanted to call in. I didn't want to talk about nothing political because I'm like on the fence political right now. It's like, okay, whatever. The whole thing's kind of screwed. But what's funny is I got a gig coming up this weekend. I got a feeling for a friend of mine and I got to play drums for a band called Spankin' Frank. Spanking Frank. And yes, and it's just an old punk band from Mayport, Florida, called Spanking Frank. And I was like, really? I get the opportunity to play for this band called Spanking Frank. And <laughs> for some reason, when I at seven o'clock, when you popped up on my YouTube, I'm watching. I was like, oh hell no! I gotta call Frank to let him know I'm playing drums for the band called Spanking Frank. Well, you said it's a cover band. Oh uh, no, they are actually an original. Oh, okay, original band from Mayport, Florida. I just, I just know all this stuff. It's like okay, well, okay. maybe there's some but, people in the that area. Name, that that name just kills me. What are you doing? I'm just sitting here spanking Frank. No, I, like I, you're I, not doing nothing else. Yeah, well, trust me. I just think that's, I think that's the greatest name for a punk band is spanking Frank. Yeah, sounds like a Friday night. I, I got to tell you something yeah, else. You have to. What is you? Uh, where is it? And what time are you going live? Maybe there's somebody in the area that comes out and sees you. Go ahead and tell us about the gig, and then I have to go on a break. I would up to it be this Saturday night at the American Legion, believe it or not. And I'm playing for a punk go, a punk band called Spanky Frank. And uh, the American Legion, where though? It's in Jacksonville, Florida, in Atlantic Beach. Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Atlantic Beach, the uh, uh, the American Legion. American that, Legion. That's all people need to know. That's all they need to know, and yep. it's funny. It's uh, it's just this this punk band is very politically motivated, and it's a red state in Florida, as we all know this. But uh, just the name of the band just says it all. Spanking Frank. We're not doing no. We just. Well, I just, I just think it's just absolutely freaking funny. So that's the only, just before I get off the air here, um, that's the only American Legion in the area? Do we need a post number or anything like that for people in the Jacksonville area? I, I don't even I don't even know the post. I really don't. I mean, I'll get back to you with that, but uh, I just think, yeah. Okay. Saturday night. I just think it's great. Saturday night, Spankin' Frank. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the call, my friend. We'll yes. talk. Oh, shit. We'll talk. To, we'll be right back. I'm gonna take a really quick break, and because if, if we're gonna talk about this other thing, I'm gonna need a little bit more time. Spanking Frank, go ahead. Make his night. Brb. 
whichever way you look at that, your brain will tell you that the long end is nearer to you. Now, it is nearer to you now, but now I'll put it back near my body. Now it's nearer to me, but it still looks as if it's nearer you, doesn't it? Because you're used to seeing things bigger when they are closer to you. Now, here's the spinning motor. It's simply a piece of cotton thread tied to this corner and tied to the other corner, and I've wound it around in my fingers so that when I let it go in a moment, it'll unwind, the thread will unwind, and you'll see the thing spinning. There we are. I'll hold it at the same level as your eyes and we'll let it go. Now you know that it's turning around in circles. In fact, if you look at it from above, you can see that it's turning around in a circle. But now your brain is doing something strange. It's telling you that it's not going around in a circle, but it's oscillating. In other words, it's turning part way, stopping, and then going back the other way. Now that's a strange effect, isn't it? But if you think that's strange, wait till I add something through the middle. What am I going to add? Well, I'm going to add a ballpoint pen. And to do that, I've placed a little piece of double-sided sticky tape on the ballpoint pen. You can use ordinary sticky tape if you like. I'll place it right through the center of the window and press it in place like that. Now this time, by fixing on the pen, you'll be able to see that the pen is going around in a circle and not going backwards and forwards. But what's your brain going to tell you about the window? Will your brain allow you to see the window going around in a circle will the, with the pen? Or are you going to see something really strange? Well, have a look at that. That's unbelievable, isn't it? You can see the pen going around in a circle, but your brain is telling you that the window is going part way around and turning and going the other way. And yet in order to do that, the two things have to pass through one another, the pen and the window. You know it's not possible. You know it can't happen. And yet as you look at it, you see them going through one another every time they go around. An amazing illusion, the Ames window. I got a couple of questions about the uh, <clears throat> about last night about last night and uh, the the Trump announcement, which I I got to tell you, I was you know me, I'm not a, I'm not a rally person. I don't watch rallies, and I just I was pulling my hair out. I was hoping it was going to be. Fi I told Lauren, you know, you know, I, I can't see this being more than 15, 25 minutes. Obviously, it's just it, that's what this is going to be. So I'll just stay here and I'll put it live on quitefrankly.tv, and then maybe I'll even have a couple of minutes to comment afterwards. Nope, no, it was about an hour long, and I was pulling out whatever hair I had left. I couldn't. Here, here's what I, here's, I got. I got emails about saying, "Oh, I don't like this." I got emails of people saying, "I do like this. I love it." I, I don't know why people are are uh, taking the, the propaganda bait, you know, the Paul Ryan type of stuff. And I understand I understand a lot of that. But I think that um, perhaps I could I could make a little bit of what uh, 
King Bao was talking about relevant here as far as our our outlook on things. Fear and a little bit of uh, past jaded heartbreak is creeping its way into all things right now. And um, I don't know. I, maybe this comes off right. And maybe it doesn't. But as far as good things go, uh, I mean, he looks he looks good. Looks like he lost some weight. He's got a nice golden brown coating to him. Beautiful. Pro- obviously eating less fast food. So um, Trump definitely looks good. He did. You remember the old Trump wave? Uh, two sips. The old Trump wave. I, I got to play that tomorrow night. Two sips. Where he went to go take the Fiji water. And, and they played the, the music every time he went to go take the Fiji water because his mouth was dry. Uh, that was another thing that the mainstream media freaked out about. Is he dying? Why was his mouth so dry? Something's wrong with him. 25th Amendment. Um, so it was awesome to see him go for the water bottle again. It was just nostalgic, the whole water bottle wetting, wetting his whistle thing. Um, but I, I laughed that he suggested that we would need to win in uh, 2024, that he would need to win in 2024 with even more votes than before because I, I, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think about 2024 with even more votes than before, which just means that we may see Joe Biden, who by that time in two in two years, Joe Biden may be nothing but just a head on a popsicle stick. He, that may be all he is at that point, just a head on a popsicle stick. Can you imagine Joe Biden having to say, yes, well, I, I collected 102 million votes in 2024 when I was just a head a human head on a popsicle stick. But um, in general, this is why I don't watch rallies. Announcing that you're running, setting the terms and the theme, that can take me. I I think he could have done all that in 30 minutes less than what it did. I was pulling my hair out. And um, I'm not a lot of fun to watch these things with because from an American, a traditional American standpoint, um, most of the things he's putting out there is just not a function of the presidency. It's not a function of Congress, of the federal government at all. You know, I'm not, um, I'm just sitting there going, you can't do that. Well, that's nice, but you can't do that. You can't do that. And I'm not saying that because I wouldn't want some of this stuff to be just a reality. Our problem is that there's no separation of powers anymore. So to keep in practice going out and expanding powers that don't exist, you're allowing the other side to go do similar things in the future. So, like, for example, boys uh, boys and girls sports. I hate that we're even having this conversation. It's a horrible thing to think about where we are as a culture, that this is a conversation that is so prevalent. But D.C. does not have any jurisdiction over that. You know? Um, only paper ballots. We need to be in only paper ballots for elections. I would love that. But Article 2 says that the state legislatures make that decision. So the states, obviously that's been trampled by the chief justice himself. It's the reason why uh, Republican or non-Democrat uh, uh, candidates are going to have to try to find a pathway to citizenship that does not include Arizona or Pennsylvania for the next couple of cycles. Thank you, uh, John Roberts. But um, it's like it's just things like that. Um, and then everything else is just issues that would require a constitutional amendment any issue that will require a constitutional amendment is never happening again you're not going to see that kind of political consensus ever again like when trump talked about term limits 
you need an amendment for that. And ultimately, it's it's not very smart. I mean, it's a it's a newborn term limits that people when people cling to term limits. I see that now as like a newborn red pill thing to cling to. Uh, I, I thought it was awesome myself for years until you really start realizing how deep seated our problems are. And that you're not helping anything by taking away the ability for smart districts across the country to elect and re-elect a great representative. Taking away that ability for them does not cure the fact that districts that are brain dead enough to keep sending people like Hank Johnson and and Nancy Pelosi to Congress, nothing's going to change there. If Nancy Pelosi were limited to two terms, you think that a libertarian is going to have a better chance of getting the nod from San Francisco, voters in San Francisco. So even putting term limits out there, that sounds like, oh, yes, now you're talking my language. You, that would require a an amendment. We're talking about congressional majorities that are a, a seat here, a seat there. Do you know the majorities? The majorities we're talking about to amend the Constitution? It's another reason why your Second Amendment is safe. They're never going to get a majority like that again. And... Um, but I'm sorry, yikes, about people cheering Trump's even loose suggestion that we should have the death penalty for drug dealers. Dude, come on now. Come on. I mean, I have a lot of unanswered questions about um, what more libertarian approaches there are to tackling drugs, especially when you're talking about the manufacturing and distribution of drugs like fentanyl. I mean, those. I mean, a drug like that in a small form, mass producing it. Yeah, it's pretty much like you're sentencing a large amount of people who are your customers, and those who you know have things. It's it's a death sentence. So I don't have all the answers. I definitely would not punish the drug user unless they're committing violent crimes under the influence or something. Because as a drug user, your life is already hell. But this isn't the fucking Philippines. To hear that, I was like, oh boy. People are clapping for that. The fuck are we talking about here? But again, um, Trump made reference last night that voting will be different by 2024. Is that because certain states in the Midwest and Georgia and North Carolina um, and a temporarily revived Virginia are going to clean house with the mail ballots and all that stuff? I would like to know more about that. Does he have some kind of information? about what that means, because there's nothing that can be done federally. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the Russian missile thing landing in Poland, that, that wasn't a Russian missile. Uh, so I guess somebody didn't give him the updated information on that. Other than that, the, um, one of the best things we can say about, about Trump is that he's not, and hasn't been in the business of starting wars. I don't know anybody that doesn't, give him at least that and I think that the main reason why Putin didn't do any of this stuff um, to address the ongoing threats and carnage inside of Ukraine during Trump's time is maybe a he knows that he's a stronger personality but also Putin's got to know that largely his enemies are Trump's enemies that they're they're against they're against the same monsters inside the system, and that at least while he was in office, it might have been good to see if their interests would overlap even a little bit in taking care of these uh, these maniacs. I mean, we we got close. I guess we got close with the inquiry into Joe Biden's family business in Ukraine. You know that the it, that was a huge can of worms. 
that Trump was attempting to crack open there. And of course, it got scuttled by the House um, House Democrats who panicked and started the whole quid pro quo impeachment one lie. So um, I, I don't know. He didn't touch the injections last night, which was smart of him. He really kept focused on foreign policy. Um, I heard Michael Knowles say that he believes that that was the case because it's something that will always separate him from Ron DeSantis as far as experience goes. Ron DeSantis doesn't have any foreign policy experience and being out there in the world. He's a, a very effective domestic leader. Uh, so maybe that that's pretty, um, that's pretty interesting. But I, I wish he would talk about how he's ready to go on a firing spree like Elon Musk. Man, that would, that would be a great public mass firings. Entire departments on Twitter or Truth Social. That'd be great if those were announced if he got in. Um, I don't know. And then I got I got some people. I actually sent this to myself in case I did this tonight. Um, I got some people like this where I have it. Hold on. Where we go. Okay. So there are people obviously who are in between feelings. And I was saying this before, what is it really all about? You can tell that they're, they were really once excited by Donald Trump and now disheartened by the whole 2020 debacle. And and uh, I, I'm sure uh, some COVID decision-making is enough for a lot of people to have their stomach turned. And now they're reflexively adopting some defeatist sentiments. That's going on there, too. I made a half joke about how people should expect this petty January 6th indictment to come within hours of the announcement. If, if, if for anything else, just to be a wet blanket of whatever kind of excitement could be drummed up by the announcement of his candidacy. And, um, and then someone wrote back to me. They said, hey, well, at least the indictment would be exciting. I'm sorry, but Trump is done. No energy. And we don't have the energy left to stand by him again. So I, I first, I said, Trump is done. I said, is Trump done or are American elections done? If you're, if you believe that there is no more legitimacy to American elections, then I understand what you're saying by and large. But why is Trump done in particular? Because Paul Ryan and the Daily Beast argue and agree that he's done? I mean, and then, and here comes the melodrama. Uh, they have no energy. We have no, speaking for all of us, we have, we don't have the energy left to stand by him again. No energy. We just don't have the energy to stand by him again. I don't have the energy. You know how strenuous it was to stand by him for five years? Wherever he went, there I was. It was exhausting. So the melodrama, we can deal without that. We can talk about this a little bit more uh, maturely. Forget about the melodrama a little bit. I didn't even respond to that because it just sounded like a personal problem someone was happening. But I did say, so I take it that you're either voting third party or not at all, which is totally fine. And they say, well, I'll vote for whoever the Republicans nominate or third party. So you'll take anyone that Republicans will give you other than Donald Trump or you'd vote for Glenn Youngkin over Donald Trump. I, I I don't get that. Or a third party. And then they finish by saying, I don't think Trump will get the nomination. If he does, I'll vote for him. He will lose, though. Oh, so there's a whole lot of going. There's a whole lot of conflicting feelings and thoughts going on inside of this person. Uh, very defeatist, which is understandable. Especially after changes to American elections in, in general in 2020 and 2022. But to personalize this to any one person is, again, a, a bit melodramatic.
Now, people clearly want something to be excited about, but they're they're reading about Trump being toxic and every day, and they don't want their heart broke uh, their hearts to get broken again. But um, I I don't know. I, I think it's more of a, a a bigger issue than a personalized issue. There, you know, um, there is a actual system in place that is never going to allow anybody to get a good candidate through ever again right now as it stands there's an actual you everybody talks about systemic problems that's actually here now and it was installed two years ago now um there's plenty of reasons why any uh, why a person can stand on principle and not be for one candidate or another or for voting in general but people aren't standing on principle right now i'm seeing a lot of people all over the place a lot of people there are some people who are just hey listen i'm i'm good with whatever and uh so be it um, and being all over the place doesn't make you a bad person either, but it does lead to, I believe, some poor decision making. Now, first of all, what would, why would he lose in, in 2024? Did he lose in 2020? That's number one. Did he not outdo himself by 12 million votes in 2020 compared to 2016? So why would he lose? If it's fraud, then that's not in his control. And then again, it comes down to, are you going to vote at all? And if that's the case, then, um, I don't know. It's, uh, if that's the case, then no good energy in the world is going to overtake blatant criminality. You can ask Carrie Lake the, about that. So some people are just clearly fighting feelings right now. And I wasn't, I wasn't impressed, really. I knew it was coming. And, and if he's a nominee in, in 2020, I am very dispassionately sending my, uh, my vote in that direction. Because I, as you know, don't really think that there's much that we can expect out of federal government. I think that the King Bao, the Chris Ann Hall, the, the, the Brian McClanahan approach, what can an individual do? What can an individual organization of free-thinking people do? What can a small town and a good, uh, reasonably um, grounded in reality county with a good sheriff do on their behalf? How can you create a respite from the craziness outside, and how can that good example spread slowly but surely? Because that's just the way things work, man. If it's uh, if it's organic, it will spread. If it if it needs to be propped up by everything, I mean, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's just it. That's just what it is. And uh, they're trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again in such a horrible way that they have stolen in such blatantly horrible ways. They're never going to win back the love. They can accumulate all of the all of the numbers, but they're never going to win back the trust. They're never going to win back the obedience. It is only going to get worse and worse for them. So, I don't know. I don't know. Because, I, I... Now, is the energy the same as 2016? Could it ever be? I don't think so. As of right now, not. But how could it be? It's not even about Trump. It's just that since 2016, we've we've seen too much that we can't unsee. Uh, we've had this other thing here. We saw the ballot harvesting in 2018. We watched helplessly in 2020 uh, uh, during an entire year-long slow-motion 9-11 being orchestrated to destroy that following November. Then there's January 6th. And then there's the stillborn uh, inauguration of a brain-dead man. Paul Ryan would conveniently conveniently love you to believe that that was all Trump's fault but you can't possibly throw that on his shoulders 
But regardless, energy-wise, Trump at 50% is 150% um, compared to everyone else. He's the only one that has anything organic left to connect with people. Um, That's all I got to say on the subject. And uh, it can go either way. It can go either way. But um, you got to find... I think everybody just got to find their... uh, their strength this whole defeatist stuff one way or another doesn't matter um just got to cast that out man casting that out would be a good thing all right 855 here's what we're going to do i'm going to send you off into the loving arms of the after show and then we are going to see what tomorrow brings because tomorrow and friday night i have a little bit of flexibility there's no there's no um there's no guests coming in per se, but we have the woolly mammoth story I want to talk about at length and just ask your guys questions about the ethics of resurrecting one species over another. Who knows what the news cycle provides us, if we can get some kind of a deeper theme out of whatever the news cycle is providing at the time. I definitely don't want to do just politics and headlines the next 48 hours. And uh, and that's that. Here's a couple more from the Super Chats. Hannah and Kenny and the dogs says Trump's announcement was not what was announced. Notice the U.S. verified that the Polish missiles were from Ukraine. Right after the announcement, they wanted to start World War III if he announced what was planned. He should come out now and tell us. Well, okay. Straightjacket says Trump scared the bejesus out of the deep state so badly that his speech making the, uh, the speech, making them think he was dropping Moabs on them, that it made them shit their pants so hard that they threw a couple of World War III igniting missiles into the desolate farmland in Poland. Okay, well, there's a couple of people in, in, a, in agreement with each other. Guys, it, that's the other thing here, too. There's obviously something that petrifies them about Trump. Whatever you want to say about his his uh, his affiliations and uh, and and what you think are his real intentions for doing what he does now, that is besides the point that there is a real fear, there is a real heaving that goes on when it comes to the system on a global level and figures like Trump. It, it's an it's an authentic heaving, it's an authentic upheaval, so. That in itself is an interesting uh, battle to observe. Silky Johnson says Castro's illegitimate daughter got put in her place. He gets on his knees for the commies and he learns that he's not part of the club. If I still smoked, I'd like a cigarette. Uh, bet you he went back to his room and cried into his cock-shaped blackface pillow. Yes. Uh, no, no. he definitely went to the bathroom and uh, just stared himself in the mirror and just deep breathed for about five minutes threw some water on his face and splashed a little bit more English leather cologne on his neck and uh, out he went. Big Red says, uh, oh, Frank Papadon was my grandfather. He died peacefully in his sleep late Monday night. He was 83 and leaves behind his wife of 59 years, three sons, two daughters-in-law, nine grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. He made a good run of it. Wow. God bless him. Thank you for sharing uh, a little bit about Papadon with us, Big Red. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, on to the Rumble Rants. 
We got one from PDR111 says, set the charge on vinyl. Make it real. Make it a real record. I would love that one day. I would love that. Let's see. Um, Just Revere says, I don't always agree with what you have to say, Frank, but thanks for reminding me. You're one of the best critical thinkers out there. Well, I, I, I just hope that I, in, in all my stumbling and fumbling around that something makes sense. And um, even if it doesn't make sense, maybe it triggers something that does make sense in you. And then it's up to you to email me and say, hey, um, I, I, I think what you might have missed is this. That's happened a lot. I've learned a lot from this audience. And as long as we're, that's still the name of the game, I think that we're going to come out on top. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for you tonight. Go on over to quitefrankly.tv. Uh, quitefrankly.tv is where we're going to have our Wednesday night programming about to kick off. I'm releasing the scratching right now there. It's Thursday tomorrow. I will see you here at 7 o'clock. Thank you again to King Bao, Joel Bauman. Hopefully it's the first of many. It's a man on a mission. And, um, and yeah, whatever your mission is, ladies and gentlemen, go out there and achieve it. And we'll gather back again at 7 o'clock and compare notes. Talk to you soon. Go over to the website and enjoy a night of extra programming, an extension of this show. Become a monthly sponsor, too. All the information you need on that is in the description of this episode or on the Sponsor Us section on QuiteFrankly.tv. Love you all. Be well. I'll catch you on the flip side. Frankly, is filmed by uh, in front of a large and live studio audience. And now, our super chatters, starting with Hannah, Kenny, and the dogs, Straight Jacket, Silky Johnson, Big Red, Stostube, Ken Kren, and Revolution. Thank you to PDX111, to PDR, sorry, and Just Revere. Everyone else, you've been wonderful to me. I will see you soon. Have a fantastic evening. Good night.